are listening to the Mile Straight podcast. For more information on Mile Straight or to watch a video version of this podcast, visit www.milestraightbc.org. The speaker for today is our senior pastor, Tom Goss. So you've got your sheet that talks about the 2019 year in review. And uh, I'd like for you to take that out and take a look at it because I want us to work through that this morning. And what we're going to do is we're going to work backwards up that list. Uh, You'll see at the bottom uh, a line called budgets. And uh, Jeff Jenkins, one of our deacons, on behalf of our deacons, talked about our budget uh, last week. And in so doing, mentioned most of this information. So I'm not going to go into detail, just more or less touch on it. Uh, just to refresh our memories. Last year, uh, we had set a budget of seven, over $736,000, of which we used uh, $734,000, roughly. The blessing of this is that instead of receiving enough just to meet our budget through your obedience to God and your generosity, God brought in over $849,000 last year. As a result, we were able then to uh, apply an extra $75,000 toward our building, our children's wing, and a building that a year ago we ended up spending about a million dollars to complete, including the parking and the uh, uh, fire and burglar systems throughout the building. Uh, It cost us about a million dollars. We now owe less, I believe Jeff said last week, than $325,000. So what a blessing that is to see how God has been at work through our lives and working. We also were able to pay in full with that additional money, plus monies that we had set back uh, for the parking, which was about $47,000, and then the uh, fire system that was put in, which was about $37,000. So instead of having to add that to our debt, it was paid in full, or will be when the jobs are completed. Moving up now to missions, you see that last year our church gave $3,186 uh, through Change the World offerings, which, are used, which is used in short-term mission trips. And also gave another $217,000 plus dollars to missionaries around the world. We support 79 missionaries, uh, or, or at least help support 79 missionaries, nine of which are members of our church family. They're actually sent out of our body here at Mile Straits, which is a great blessing. Now, this $217,000 plus doesn't include. Uh, the additional monies that were given directly to mission boards for different missionaries through people in our church. We know that with Global Faith alone, that amount was somewhere between sixty and 70000 uh, My figures were based on estimates. I didn't get them at the end of the year. I'll have to look at that again. And uh, depending on that and how much was given to other mission boards directly from people of Mile Strait, we estimate then that there was between two hundred and eighty and three hundred thousand dollars given to missions this past year through Mile Strait, which that is incredible. What a blessing that is as pastor to get to know that we are that involved in seeing Christ glorified throughout the world. And I just want to say thank you for your involvement. If you total those two up, our budget as well as our mission giving, We gave in excess of a million dollars last year. Once again, 
there's something special about that as we see that that is a mark of maturity, a mark of growth. The Bible teaches that we're never more like Christ than when we're giving, right? Jesus was given by his Father. God the Father gave his very best for us. And so in turn, we as Christians, we as followers of Christ are to do the same. We're to be obedient in our giving. We're to give liberally and generously and God blesses us accordingly. So for those who have been giving God's way, let me just say thank you so much. Thank you for being part of what God is doing through Miles Strait. If you're not part of that, let me invite you to come and join us in it. Let me invite you to join us in obedience to what God has called us to do as a church, okay? The final category we see at the top of the page, talking about worship and numbers, Allow me to work through these. I'm going to skip a couple to bring those back up at the end of the discussion. But you see that uh, last year we had an average attendance of 317 people. 317. Now that is down from previous years and uh, don't really have an explanation as to why it's down. It just is. Uh, as a result, it allows us some flexibility and some freedom to continue to grow. Uh, we certainly don't want to think that this is a means by which we start to back up. But this is a means by which this is where we start for 2020 to make sure that God is glorified in our church because we are reaching out into our community. Over the past year, people who actually took the time and filled out a connection card, we had 48 families visit our church or become guests of our church last year. Uh, while that is good to average a family a week, we know that that actually is higher uh, because a lot of people don't fill out the connection cards, which is perfectly fine. We like for them too. It helps us, but uh, we know ultimately that's not always going to take place. And so we base this information on what information we actually have in hand. Skipping the next circle, going to life groups. This past year, we started our small groups, our life groups. And if you've talked to anyone who is part of one or if you're part of one, you understand what an incredible blessing this has been to our church. Uh, approximately half, a little less than half of our average attendance each week are involved in life groups. When you add that then to the, about the two-thirds of our congregation who are involved in Sunday school classes you see that a large portion of our church are involved in small groups this also is extremely important statistics show that if you're involved in a small group listen to this if you're interested in longevity in a church family if you're interested in keeping your family engaged and involved then this is so important for you Statistics show that those who are involved in small groups, such as our life groups or Bible study groups or in Sunday school classes that are active together, they are, uh, I think it was 25 times more likely to still be here two years from now. Can you imagine? Just by engaging, just by being part of what is going on with other people, by building relationships, you are 25% more likely to be here than you would have been, or 25 times more likely to be here than you would have been had you not involved yourself in small groups. It is also the case, statistics show that 
uh, through involvement in small groups, you're more committed to the church, you're more committed to Christ, you're more engaged in taking ownership, you're more involved in serving, you're more involved in giving. There's so many benefits to being part of a small group. So my, my encouragement is if you're not part of a small group, that today you begin the process of getting there. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, let me tell you this. If you want information about Celebrate Recovery or you want to be informed about uh, small groups, about being in a life group, the, the easiest way for you to do that is either talk to me or one of our pastors or for Celebrate Recovery, talk to one of these guys. Or just at the top of your connection card, which is what you were handed on the way in, one of the things you were handed on the way in the door, just write either Celebrate Recovery or Life Group. If you'll write that down, then we'll get that information out to you very quickly this week and begin to help you to move into a group that we think you will absolutely love and you will thrive in. So if you'd like more information about that, just write it on the top of your card. The final circle on this particular category talks about volunteers that uh, we had last year serving at Miles Drake. An average week we had 113 people working, serving each other in order to make ministry happen at Miles Drake. Now that to me is also an encouragement. To see that a third of our congregation is serving other people. We're doing what God has called us to do. That is encouraging. That's not taking into account the, the extra masses of people that are required for big events like the Fall Festival or what we're going to be doing in March with uh, Pray and Go. We'll talk more about that in a second. It's just talking about on a week-to-week -week basis how many people are needed to make ministry happen. Now, if you're not involved serving, there's room for you. Yeah, there's a lot of people working, there's a lot of people serving, and I'm so grateful for that. But that doesn't mean there's not room for you as well. We would love to have you involved. We would absolutely love. It benefits you, it builds relationships, it builds accountability. So many things happen when we serve, and the biggest thing is that it's obedience to God. So if you'd like to know, okay, well, how do I get involved? How do I serve? What, what are the things that are available in which I could serve then here's another thing for you to write on your connection card if you're just at the top of your connection card write the word serve then we'll get that information out to you and we'll begin to help you formulate where you can be passionate about something what's something that you love to do that you could pour your heart into that you could do with excellence we would love to help you find that place so just write that on the top of your connection card well, there are two circles that I skipped, and I did so on purpose because these two circles are the two that give me the greatest concern. In fact, they, they, they scare me to death because we are not where we should be in these two categories. The first one I skipped talks about new members. Last year, 18 new members. That's the lowest it's been in years. Now, I understand that uh, people have taken a, a new approach to churches and they don't see the importance in church membership. I understand that. I get that. But let me tell you that church membership is important. 
It really is important. I want to throw out some thoughts for you to consider here. If you want to flip your sheet over, grab a pen and a clipboard from the book rack, you're welcome to do so. Write these things down. But six reasons, really quickly, why church membership is important. Why becoming part of a church family really is very important. First of all is because it provides a level of accountability, an additional level of accountability. When you join a service group, you have people who are looking out for you. They know if you're not there. When you join a Sunday school class or a small group or you join a Bible study group, you've got people who recognize if you're not there and they're watching out for you. When you become part of a church family, there's an additional level of accountability to the leadership of the church, the pastors of the church. and It helps you be encouraged. It helps you grow. It helps you be strengthened just to know that someone is looking out for you. That's number one. Number two, it creates unity. It creates unity. Um, Paul, in talking about this matter of unity, expresses the importance in Ephesians 4, 3, and he says, make every effort to keep yourselves unified in spirit. Make every effort. Whatever you do, put forth the effort to be unified in spirit. It's very, very vital. And why is that? Because without unity, we cannot function properly as a church. Without having a unified purpose, without having a unified goal, without having a unified destiny, without being unified in our desire to glorify God, and we're going to be going different directions, and we're going to be scattering instead of working together for the glory of God. And so we must be unified. There's something about becoming part of a church family that says I want to be part of this group I want to take on the responsibility of a church member I want to take on the responsibility of one who is going to serve to create unity one that is going to serve to fulfill the purpose of this church number three it also generally increases one's commitment to Christ and to the church it generally is going to increase the commitment of a person for their involvement in a church and their development in Christ. Uh, we have seen this time and time again. Statistics show that the more active you are, the more involved in a church you are, the more you take ownership of that church, the more it becomes yours, the more personally you take responsibilities to engage the community to be involved in what God has called us to do the more active you are in serving the more active you are in giving there's so much happens when you become part of a church family number four it makes your commitment to Christ and his church more evident to the community it makes your commitment to Christ and the church more evident to your community People begin to see how involved you are in a church family. They see how active you are. They see how you're serving and how committed. And they take note of that. It makes an impression on those that you work with, those in whom you're in school, those in your community, your neighborhood. People are watching to see and they recognize when you're sold out to something. Number five, then it also connects us to the Christian community. It connects us to the church. We become more involved. We, we, we have those people who are encouraging, who are strengthening, who are kicking us in the seat of the pants when we need things like that. Uh, 
We have that group of people who are watching out for us. Number six, it affords us additional protection that those outside the church do not have. It affords us a, a level of additional protection that those on the outside of the church do not have. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, I'm going to provide you a level of protection that keeps the powers and the authority of hell away from you. Or at least keeps them from, from advancing to destroy what I have established. And so there's a level of protection here. It's so important. I would encourage you to do this. If you're not part of the church family, whether that be our church or another church that you're actively involved with, then I would encourage you to look back and see how active you have been. Are you actually engaged? Are you actually serving? Have you taken ownership of what this church? Prove this correct or prove it incorrect in your own life. And if you find that this is a correct statement, that you really do need church membership, that I would encourage you to, to, to begin to take those steps. At the bottom of your connection card, you'll see a place to seek information. And you can check the box that says, send me information about becoming uh, a member of Mile Straight. If you'd like to have that information, just simply check that box and we'll get it out to you. So then we come to the one that if it had been up to me, we would have entirely left off this sheet because it's embarrassing, it's humiliating, it's just wrong. It's absolutely wrong. It, it presents to us total failure on our part. And I didn't want to talk about it. I tried my best as our pastors, we were meeting together to discuss this. I tried my best to get this one left off the sheet. But they just kept saying, no, we need to know. We need to know. And they're right. They're right. We need to know it. Last year, our church saw six people go through the baptismal waters. That's a shame. It's heartbreaking. It presents a failure on our part. It presents a failure to our community. And we've got to change that for 2020. Now, there are some good things that are going on. You can see little specks of, little glimmers of good taking place. Like we've already had five baptized this year. And that's a blessing. But if you take a look at who's being baptized, and praise the Lord for those who were saved and baptized already. But if you take a look at who's being baptized, what you understand is, well, we're doing a pretty good job of reaching people in our church. People who are already coming, people who are already here, children of parents and parents themselves. We're doing a pretty good job of reaching out to them, but the problem is we're not reaching beyond our doors, and it ought to bring shame upon every one of us. As pastor, I showed her the responsibility. I accept it. I understand it's my fault. I haven't led in the right way. I haven't taught in the right way. I haven't shown you the way it's supposed to be done. I take the responsibility for it. Our other pastors will tell you the same thing. We accept the responsibility that belongs to us. But please know, not all the responsibility belongs to us. This is a church-wide event. This is a church-wide event where we all have to accept the responsibility. I wish you would stop right now and ask yourself, when was the last time I invited someone either to Christ or to a service? When was the last time? Have you done so in the last week? 
last month? What about for 2019? Did you invite anyone to come to Mile Straight? Let me tell you something. That ought to wake us up. It ought to bring some fear because God blesses us and, and he's, he's worked through our church for so many decades. And yet if we stop being productive, if we stop being people who are producing fruit, people who are drawing others to Christ, why in the world would God want to continue to bless us? I tell you what, to me, this is one of those things that makes me tremble at night. And I'm praying that you're feeling the same way. That this isn't something that you're just passively going to brush off and say, well, that's the pastor's job. It is my job, but please understand it's your job too. We cannot be content with this. We cannot be content with only reaching six people for Christ in a full year. A church our size, we ought to be reaching people every single week. We ought to have people coming to Christ. We ought to have people troubling the baptismal waters week in and week out. There is no excuse except we've just gotten lazy and we've gotten content. We can't have it. We cannot have it. God expects more out of us than that. And I want you to know that I expect more out of me than that. And I hope you expect more out of yourself than that. God is calling us to be effective in reaching our community. We're doing a really good job of reaching around the world through our missionaries. But what that boils down to is we're really being hypocritical. Because we're telling our missionaries, we want you to go do something in different parts of the world that we're not doing here in, in Saudi Daisy. We've got to change that, folks. My prayer is that God wakes us up through this. That when this year ends, we don't have to come back and revisit these thoughts. But we get to celebrate what God has done through our church. Because we consistently told people about Christ. And we consistently invited people to come and be part. Now, that's a personal issue. And I hope you treat it as that. But it's also a group issue. So what are we going to do about it as a group? It doesn't diminish the responsibility we have personally. But what are we going to do about it as a group? Here's one of the most exciting things that I've come across in a long time. We talked about it back in November. We talked about it in December. If you're in the auditorium on Wednesday evenings, you know we've been praying about this now for two months straight. But we're talking about pray and go. Pray and go. Maybe you remember us talking about it before, but pray and go is where I wasn't even going to talk. I told the group Wednesday night, I said, I want you to keep praying. I'm going to, I'm going to break it out a little more clearly when we get into the middle of February, but I can't wait. I'm going to do it today. So what's this all about? Pray and go after church every, day, every Sunday starting March and going into April and May and then into August, September and October. Every Sunday after church we'll have people who've signed up for that day and they'll go back into the gym or into the children's area and we'll have lunch provided and while you're eating lunch we'll give some instructions on what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And it basically boils down to when you leave, you'll leave with one other person. And you'll have a map of a street or a couple of streets, if they're short streets, that are your responsibility for that day. 
And you and the person you're with will go to a house and you'll stop in front of the house and you'll pray for the people in that house. And then you'll leave a door hanger. And then you'll go to the next house and you'll pray individually for the people in that house and you'll leave a door hanger in the next house and you'll pray. On the door hanger, it has this information. It says, we prayed for you today and the members of your family. And it has your name, a place for you to write your name. On the back, it says, if you have special requests, things you'd like for us to be praying uh, regarding for you, then if you will just simply email us at this address, text us, or call us at this number, then we will specifically be praying for you. From there, a team of people who are dedicated to praying. Maybe for some, you just can't go. You're physically not able to go door to door and, and praying and walking, doing all that walking. And so you're going to be on the prayer team. You're going to be gathering, gathering with other people or you're going to be praying in your own home as you get the information. You're going to be praying consistently that God will work in these situations. What we're looking to see is God do mighty things through, through the request and through the prayer of His people. We're looking to see God greatly glorified as we call out to Him in faith, asking Him to work through this particular process. Then those that are on the prayer team, someone will be assigned to be the contact person for that individual or for that family. And you'll write them, you'll say, hey, I just wanted you to know we prayed for you today. We prayed for your request. And then you'll stay in contact as the opportunity presents itself. You'll begin to build a relationship with those folks. And when the opportunity comes, you're going to invite them. Hey, how about coming to church? Be my guest this Sunday. You do that through text or through email or maybe on the phone if, if that's the way they present their request to us. And we get the opportunity to establish the relationships, to see people start to respond, to see what God is up to, and to be drawn to a saving knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ. That, to me, is so exciting. And when you add to that the fact that statistics show that 5% of those that are contacted will respond. We have an opportunity to, over that six-month period, stand and pray before 10,000, 12,000, 14,000 homes. It's not out of the picture. It's very easily accomplished if we have everyone involved. And so as we pray over that amount of people, if it's just 10,000, 500 of those homes will respond according to what has been the picture throughout all the other churches who have done something like this. 500 of those homes. We get an opportunity to be, begin building relationships with people who are not in church, who are not part of God's family or at least away from Him. We get an opportunity to see them come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Can you imagine what 2021 year in review will look like if we take this seriously? And if we engage ourselves and involve ourselves in the way that God has called us to do so. So what do we do from here? Two things. Number one, I wish you would begin praying, God, bless this. Use it for your glory. Make it effective. Help our church to respond with passion, with enthusiasm, and with the desire to see people brought to a saving knowledge of your son so that you are glorified through this.
And then that you pray, God, use me in this process. Make me part of it. Show me how I can be involved. Help me to be effective. And then when people come to our church for the second part, we reach out to them and let them know that we love them. That we're glad they're here. We're not looking to get anything from them. But we just want to serve them in a way that will present a great image of Jesus Christ to them. We can make a difference in 2020. But it takes a team effort. We can change what we saw from 2019. But it takes a team effort. May we join together for the glory of God. Would you bow your heads for just a minute? So we've talked about a lot of things this morning. and Maybe you just need some time to say, God, okay, here's where I've dropped the ball. And I'm confessing my sin to you now. I want you to use me. I'm tired of being a statistic in the wrong direction. I want to be one in the positive direction. God, use me. And then you pray for pray and go that God will use it, that God will use you, that God will bring people to himself through this process. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, then can I invite you while everyone else is just quietly praying for you just to, to slip from your place to the aisle that's closest to you and meet me here at the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. But we'll show you how you can know Jesus Christ as your Savior right now. If you'd like to know that, would you just come and meet me at the front right now?